We turn today to the call of Jeremiah. It's a familiar text for many of us. And it's, uh, this is, well, listen to how Jeremiah describes it. The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, O Lord God, truly, I do not know how to speak, for I'm only a boy. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I'm only a boy, for you shall go to all to whom I send you, and you shall speak whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Now I've put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to pull down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. This is the word of the Lord. Join me in in a prayer. What an incredible image and an experience to read about, oh God, your finger, your, your hand touching the mouth of Jeremiah. It's such a powerful, even intimidating experience. And we ask that you use that in this story to help us and remind us refresh us, not only about who you are, but who we are. Speak to us, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. How do you talk about your faith? What words do you use? How do you do it? What would you say to describe how you talk about your faith when in fact you do? Talk about it. Do you use Jesus' name a lot in talking about your faith? Some people do that, use Jesus' name a lot, a lot of spiritualized language, right? Is that you? Or maybe you're one of those that doesn't use a lot of spiritual language, doesn't refer to Jesus. Maybe you're one of those that sometimes, because of the way you talk about your faith, it's hard to tell if you're talking about your faith or talking about a business meeting. Maybe you're one of those. Or maybe you're more of the quiet type, a quiet faith. Don't mention it all that much. And yet it's still certainly there. What's your voice? Have you found it? This reading is all about Jeremiah beginning to find his voice. It's all about the word of the Lord coming to him, as Jeremiah puts it. It comes to him, and then it goes on to announce to him that God has made him a prophet to the nations, at which point Jeremiah immediately backs off and says, Now wait just a second. I don't know how to talk about God. I'm just a kid. 
That's the typical response, by the way. In most all of the call stories in the Bible, you're going to find a pattern to how they are written. And it starts off with God calling the person, and then typically the person challenging that or questioning that or, you know, saying, I've got other stuff to do. And then God, in the end, reassures them. And that's what we have here. Word of the Lord comes to Jeremiah, says he's going to be a prophet. Jeremiah says, wait just a second. I can't do that. And God reassures him. And what does God say? Don't be afraid, for I will be with you. I will be with you. Now, we read a story like that, and I'm going to say that one of the great hindrances I believe we have when we read Scripture is that we read it and we make this misassumption. We fall into a trap. And the trap we fall into is to think that what we're reading was actually understood to be that way at the time. In other words, that the people in their stories that we read about experienced them exactly like that and understood what was going on at the time, which we all know deep down, if you think about it, that's not quite how the way things tend to happen. Jeremiah didn't know that this was the word of the Lord coming as if, as if it was clear right at that very moment, as if he's standing there saying, well, there comes the word of the Lord, and it's coming right at me. Now, when we experience something, especially a spiritual moment, we end up swimming with uncertainty and confusion. And I guarantee you that's how Jeremiah experienced that moment. If you think about it, you read it really, if you notice, he's writing it, he's reflecting on it from the future, he's writing it in past tense. That's always when we look back is how we can put things together and help it make sense after the fact, but during it's just this crazy wild moment of uncertainty and there's just a lot's happening and, and, and that's a lot of the times how it happens and I think that's how it happened to Jeremiah but later on as he reflected back on it he could put it into words and, and describe what was going on as he began to find his voice. Now that doesn't change the fact that we want to experience things in a way that we understand right then very troubling to us to experience things that throw us off and confuse us. We'd rather just know what's going on right at that very moment in a very clear way, you know. God, if you could just come down and touch my mouth and tell me what to say and I know what's going on right at that second and I know exactly what to say from that moment on and don't have to worry about it, that would be great. That's what we want. You know what it's like? It's like, have you, you ever been in a room with a baby when that little baby first begins to realize that they can make noise? You ever been there? It's usually like a squeal or something. They squeal and they realize that that squeal just came from them and they also realize that they can do it again. And they get this look on their face like something, something magical is happening. They squeal and just, they do it again and do it again. That's how we want to experience things if we had our choice. Like that. And sometimes that happens. 
But more often than not, we're not like that baby. We're instead more like a teenage boy whose voice is starting to crack. I remember that like it's yesterday. I don't want to go back. Voice is cracking, you know, and I walked up, used to, I had to walk up, I still remember, hi, my name is Andy, and I just, I'm going to stop talking now. You don't even want to say anything because you don't know what's going to come out of your mouth. It's like you're trying to find your voice all over again. It's like, what happened to me? What happened? That's how we feel. We, the truth is, we struggle to know what to say most of the time. We struggle to find our voice. More times than not, especially when the world changes. When the ground feels like it's, it's got seismic movement under your feet, we find ourselves wanting to know what to say all over again. We don't know what to say. We're at a loss for words, like that teenage boy trying to find their voice again. That's willing to bet that that's how most of us feel most of the time. And Jeremiah would understand that. I don't know how to speak, he said. I'm just a kid. Maybe his voice was cracking at the time. But he certainly understands that struggle. So don't, don't misread this story as if everything, everyone knew what was going on at the time. He was swimming in a sea of new things and change. You know, the thing about that is that's why he needs reassuring and that's why it's God takes his time to reassure Jeremiah. And I, I think we can't be reassured often enough. I'm with you, God says, I really am. I don't think we can hear that enough. Not these days. When you find yourself not knowing what to say, God is still with you. When, when the world is changing, when things change and you're at a loss for words, God is still there. When you're trying to find your voice all over again, don't you know God is right there along the way. I want you to know that. One of the things I did on my sabbatical was I got to visit uh, churches, a bunch of other, you know, every Sunday I was in another church, and it was great, I never get to do that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm always here, right, so I, I never get to do that, and it was, it was really fascinating, I visited all kinds of churches, went all over Dallas, everywhere, and I want to tell you a couple of things that I noticed and experienced in my time in other churches. The first is, I realized that we are all trying to find our voice. Every place I went, every time in worship, I got this strong sense, this, it was clear to me that we are trying to find our voice. We don't know what our voice is. Some churches are trying to find their voice by avoiding talking about what's going on in the world at all. Nothing, no mention. Other churches can't do anything but talk about what's 
going on in the world. And, you know, it all gets wearisome. You get everything in between. It's, we're trying to find our voice. And let me share with you, pastors don't always know what to say. And yet we feel called to try and put a finger on what God's Word is for us at any given moment, but we don't always know what that is. We're always, in a sense, peering out at the world around us through the lens of these words, through this book. It's like we strap them on like eyeglasses and try to describe what we see. That's the calling of a pastor, a preacher, and so we don't always know. We're like everybody else. We're trying, trying to find our voice. I noticed that wherever I went. But you know what else I noticed? I experienced this in every single place without fail. No matter whether I was in a theologically conservative church or a wildly progressive church, and let me tell you, I covered the whole spectrum. <laughs> every single place, every single one, I deeply felt the presence of God without fail every time. Now, I may be the only one, but that's at least one. It happened everywhere. If we're trying to find our voice in a world that feels like it's lost its mind, there was the presence of God. Don't fear, God said, I am with you. It's as if those words are actually true. God was there just like God is right here with us today. Which brings me to what I want you to know this morning. Here's what I want you to know. What I want you to know is that this whole idea of finding your voice, this whole idea of of finding out how to talk about God, how to talk about your faith, finding your voice, all it is is about finding who you already are, being comfortable with who you already are, not someone else, not something else, who you are right now. That's what it means. That's what it's all about. The whole story of Jeremiah's call, and in fact, through the rest of the book, if you look at it through that lens, that's what he's doing. He is discovering who he already is. Before I formed you in the womb, God says, I already knew you. Jeremiah is trying to discover who that person is, who he already is. We are too. In a recent book, Parker Palmer mentions an old Jewish rabbi's tale who said this, Rabbi Zusa was his name, and he said this, he said, before he died, he says, in the world to come, they're not going to ask me why I was, wasn't Moses. They're going to ask me why I wasn't Zusa. We spend so much time trying to act like or look like or speak like someone else that we forget that all God wants from us is to be who we already are. It's what the journey of faith is all about. And it's what this church is doing. 
Our new mission statement, or our tagline anyway, building relationships wherever we go, that's not anything new. That's not some bright, new, profound idea. No, it's what we already do. It's who we already are. It's who this church has been since its very first day. The doors opened more than 50 years ago. Building relationships wherever we go. That's who this, it's one of the greatest strengths of this congregation. I know that because we get so mad when it doesn't happen a sign that that's who we are. So we're living into that voice. We're finding our voice. So let me tell you, if you're visiting today, you're in the right place because we want to know who you are, where you come from, what you have to say. We want to pray with you, walk with you, serve with you. We're finding our voice. Just like with Jeremiah, God is right there with us along the way, helping us to talk, teaching us to listen, revealing that people was already there. Let's keep finding our voice. Let's do it together. Amen.